This is Box to Box with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley. Oh, what a goal! For Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage moving Hello and welcome to Box to Box, the show that is everything football on Macquarie Radio, NTS News Talk Sport. You're with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley. First edition news with Willem van Dander and shortly. But just when you thought you'd heard it all in football, up pops something else to surprise you. Coach sackings, they happen every week. So after an eight-goal drubbing, it was no surprise that Mike Mulvey got his marching orders. But the real shock came when the interim coach was named as Alan Stadjic. Well... We'll talk to Alan about the next chapter of his life in football and, of course, that elephant in the room, life after the Matildas. Good to know that Alan is uh, on the front foot and happy to chat, so we'll talk to him very soon. We'll stay on the domestic theme after that with Melbourne City skipper Scott Jamison, who always gives us something ahead of their critical away tie against Sydney FC on Sunday evening at Leichhardt Oval. Before we chat to our very own man in a little more detail on the A-League 50-game veteran of the Victorian Premier League and former Notts County man Dean Hennessy to analyse the full round in the second hour. Second edition news off the top, including Socceroos Central. Then we'll chat to our man in Tokyo, ESPN Asia's Scott McIntyre, about the miserable results for victory in Sydney in the Asian Champions League this week. But it's not all bad. Ench Postacoglu has had a good start to the J-League season with his Yokohama F Marinos third on the ladder. Just three rounds in, but an 18-team comp. That's a pretty good start. We'll talk about all the rest of the European action in a massive week of Champions League with Dino and wrap it up with stoppage time. So, Edge, um, how much of the Champions League did you watch? Was that your highlight of the week? Was there some other football story that um, that caught your eye? Oh, Champions League's always a highlight, isn't it? It um, it always captures the imagination, and uh, and I know Dean has walked into the studio with a bit of an extra step in his the spring in his step with mm. England's teams doing so well. He just he's, not just one, not just two, this, not but, even three, but, but four. four. <laughs> he's pretty happy about that, and he'll he'll uh, bang on about that uh, ad nauseum shortly, but. Uh, for me, um, the week was all about uh, Australian performances in the Asian Champions League. Mm-hmm. I love that competition. I absolutely am in love with it. So really disappointed for Melbourne Victory and Sydney FC fans. Um, I can't wait to talk to Scott McIntyre to see what the reaction in Japan to that has been. Ollie Roos kick off this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, a very, very important 2020 Tokyo Olympic qualification route. Um, this is just a qualification to get into the Asian qualification, which mm-hmm. is the real deal. They've got to finish top of their group, so so um, Willem will give us some details about that in a moment. And obviously, um, who? I mean, the the big news, the massive news was that the spew tops back, Rob. Yeah, I know. The spew tops I back. I saw that. I thought it was a joke when I first saw it. What's going on there? I'll tell you what. I can't stand that top. Just give me plain gold every who, day. Who were kids in the uh, 1980s who've got a bit of a attachment but to the spew player, top. I've got one player in my mind who I think of, he's synonymous with that, that spew top. Um, got to be Ned Zelich in the ghost goal. I mean, no, no, no. They wore the spew top it's at Robbie, the Robbie Slater. Games. Oh, yeah, Robbie Slater too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that Robbie, red hair. Bulldog in the red hair, yeah. absolutely. Graham Arnold with that yeah. mullet and Johnny Cosmina with a mullet. Yeah. Oh, I tell you what, but I love it. It's back. And, yeah. and how's this? I'm spewing. How's this? So I got on the phone to the FFA guys that I know in the merchandise department. I said, how's it going? They said, men's large sizes sold out, brother. Mm. Sold out. How about that? I think it's as bad as the Western Bulldogs. Spew top, top 2.0. <laughs> no, that's a shocker. This is good. <laughs> Willem. Boys, Alan Stadjic will coach Central Coast for the rest of the season after Mike Mulvey was sacked in the wake of the Mariners' 8-2 loss to Wellington. So, as discussed, we'll have Alan on later in the show. But before we do talk to him, what were our initial reactions to the appointment? I was certainly very surprised. 
Well, when you say surprise, Willem, um, you know, do you think it's a good uh, appointment? <laughs> I'm not entirely convinced, to be honest. I think from Stadich's view, he'd want to get back coaching as soon as possible and change mm. some of those perceptions around him. But we've seen Moss, Ocon and Mulvey go and that speaks to a bigger problem beyond just management. So I wouldn't be going there personally. Would they have had to tick it off with head office? No. Why would they? Well, do they're, they're their own club. You know, they, they can do what they want to do. I thought, I thought the really the thing that surprised me the most. I mean, Stagic being appointed was a real surprise. But it sort of makes sense when you think about it. It's just the interim position through to the end of the year with sacking Moby at 1 a.m. in the morning. Yeah, but, but Mike, um, what's his name, MacArthur? No, hang on. Mike Charlesworth. Charlesworth. Um, you know, he, he, he's over in the UK, so it sort of makes sense. He, it you know, does. It's the but, afternoon over there. Yeah, but there's, of, a, there's another... But, they, but I was, I'd, I'd been out that night and I'd sort of got home and, I'd, um, and I was just having a look at the phone before I went to bed and it was about... 20 past one and bang the email came up with a, with the press release so they put it out one end of the and way. there also is a subplot to this is the FCA who obviously we've had on coaches the, on the show yeah. yeah they represent both coaches so one, well, they're gonna be, one hand they're I think they should change their name from, from Football Coach Australia <laughs> to um, the SAC, SAC Coaches of Australia so there you go <laughs> so they're going to be busy as the, we know they're going to be busy the proposed expansion of the 2022 World Cup could soon become a reality. I like this. Qatari officials are set to meet with FIFA leadership mm. in Miami. FIFA will discuss a feasibility study concerning the expansion of the tournament from 32 to 48 sides. Oman and Kuwait are being considered as co-hosts to support Qatar with the increased demand. Well, when Gianni Infantino comes out and starts talking about it as if it's a fait accompli, you sort of think it, it's inevitable, don't you? I think for the, for the success of the tournament, for the... Um, uh, the importance of that tournament in going to the Middle East, um, considering the, the current politics and the blockade and Qatar being such a tiny place, the 500,000 fans that uh, will be uh, in this in 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 this in the country at the, at the same time, it's it, they can't cope with it. It's it's got to be shared in the region and. Oman and Kuwait seems like a good, um, for me, seems like a good solution. I'd, um, the reason that United Arab Emirates are not, wouldn't be involved is because of all the politics at the moment. But well, one of the German um, car manufacturers will be happy. I mean, how they managed to get a country named after a model of their car. Qashqai. Q8. Uh, Q8. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Moving right along. <laughs> Western United have avoided potential disaster. Rob, he's cracked the gas. <laughs> They've secured a minimum of seven home matches at Cadinia Park next season. Well, wow. Had been feared United might have to look elsewhere with the Cadinia Park Trust, stating the A-League was fourth on its priorities list. However, I expect the matches will come at the start of the season, so late 2019, because in January, Feb, we've got the 2020 Women's World Cup, the Big Bash, the AFL Women's. So United might still be looking for alternative games later in the year. Ballarat's a possibility. Michael, you like Night Stadium in Sunshine as an option? I just um, have an aversion to um, our game played on football fields, uh, AFL fields, um, cricket fields. Ballarat's good. Ballarat's a good setup. A real good setup. Yeah, I've just got an aversion to them playing on AFL grounds and. Um, um, I don't know. Melbourne Victory's played down at, at uh, Cadinia Park, and look, you know, nobody knows Cadinia Park as well as me. I was involved in the whole stadium redevelopment way back when, when it was just. That's uh, where we met all those years ago, right. 21 years ago. That's right. So um, I know the place well, having worked there for five years. I just don't think it uh, it, it helps the atmosphere. I think Knights could be an option. I think Knights uh, is an Ballarat, option for Ballarat, them. Yeah. Ballarat's a football stadium. It's built purely built. Purely yeah, built. No, I, it's not AFL. But yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah. Um, no, you, you haven't been there. No, I've been there. I've been there. It's, I think, it's okay. Yeah, I think it's outstanding. No, it's okay. Yeah, that's an option, definitely. But uh, for me, yeah, I'm really worried about them playing any 
substantial amount of games at uh, Kidinia Park. Really am worried about the uh, impact on their brand. Adelaide United manager Marco Kurz is out of contract at season's end, as we know. And amazingly, he's declared he's waited a month for chairman Pete van der Poel to contact him. It's been heavily rumoured Kurtz will leave Adelaide with Western United and Brisbane Raw possibilities. Uh, now appears he'd like to stay in Adelaide if only van der Poel would return his calls. <laughs> I wonder if he sent him a WhatsApp message, a Facebook message, um, a, a private DM on Twitter, and um, well, maybe what we else should investigate. We've got a great track at record with uh, Adelaide um, United and uh, stirring up the Hornets nest at that club. So, uh... so the rumours were early doors that Kurtz was going to be the new manager, but I've heard different, and I think the job's already been taken. Yeah. Who I do, no? New coach. No, not me. <laughs> new Adelaide, new coach. And Marco Kurtz, maybe uh, if Robbie Fowler doesn't get the nod at Brisbane, Marco Kurtz may be up at Brisbane. You don't know. But you reckon he would have tried everything, would he? Text message, phone message, Facebook message, WhatsApp message, Twitter DM. Smoke signal. Smoke signal. Smoke signal. Just about carrier. to go there. Pigeon yeah. carrier. Yeah. <laughs> the Oli Roos are in camp preparing for the AFC Under-23 Championship Qualifiers, as Michael mentioned. And Wanderers manager Marcus Babel has slammed the fact he's lost players outside an official window. He's also stated it's counterproductive to the development of those players and he'll have to think twice before picking them in the future. So we're learning Marcus isn't afraid of the big statement, but has he got a point here? He's got a good point. Um, however, um, I'm always country before clubs, so bad luck, Marcus. Go back to wherever you come from if you don't like it. Uh, interestingly enough, we'll ask Scott Jamison about this later, but, but uh, West... Western City Wanderers, Melbourne City and Newcastle Jets are the ones that are most impacted. I'll tell you, and we'll, we'll be able to see this on the stream. Those people who like to watch the Holy Roos, you can, you'll be able to stream it. What I'm looking forward to is seeing Sebastian Pasquale in action, who's plying his trade at Ajax Amsterdam. Well, the last time we saw him was at the MCG yeah. against, uh, who was it? was it? Juventus, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. Uh, there's a couple of other um, interesting players too that uh, we don't get to see over here because they are um, playing, in other words, um, playing in Osaka and getting regular game time is Pierce Waring. Yeah. Interested to see him. Um, also, Dennis John Roo, who plays at PSC's Wall. Yeah, the old Scotch college boy. We had yep. him on when he was yep. at school. Alex Gerbeck, who, who obviously at NSA Breeder. And um, the goalkeeper will be Thomas Glover, who plays at Tottenham Hotspur. Okay. So and you all was, of that's interesting. And you also slapped for not turning your phone off. Okay. Um, uh, I think okay. that was your agent. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was. <laughs> that was okay. Loris Bertolacci. All right, well done. Uh, Willem, uh, stick uh, around in that control booth out there, mate, and um, get ready for hour number two, mate. You're going to uh, come off the top with a stack more news, Green Gold Army uh, sponsoring the Socceroo Central, of course. <laughs> okay, so Alan Stadich after the break. We're looking forward to chatting to Alan. I uh, didn't think we'd get him on so soon, but um, yeah, talking Central Cross Mariners and uh, another little story he's been involved in over the last couple of months. <laughs> That's next on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most crucial goal. Yes, this is Box to Box. And as I said off the top of the show, we, we weren't surprised that uh, Mike Mulvey was given the Tijuana after eight goals uh, shipped. But um, the shock was that Alan Stadich, um came uh, through the wires very quickly as his replacement coach. And we welcome Alan uh, to Box to Box again. Uh, Alan, uh, surprised us all. Did it surprise you? Uh, look, it did in a way. Yeah, it did in a way. But look, it's a... Uh... It's a, it's a, uh, uh, um, I, I don't even know how to explain it really. It's just a, it's just a surprise. Came as a bit of a shock, and, and really, as I've said during the week, it's a, it's a great opportunity and, and a challenge for me, but also for the club. 
And look, to get the elephant out of the room, we, we know there are legal constraints, so obviously our listeners would be conscious that, uh, you know, if there was an opportunity to expand and talk further on, uh, you know, the uh, the last couple of months uh, around the national uh, women's side, um, we would, but uh, but that is not an option here. But uh, um, in terms of uh, your good wishes to the Matildas, uh, no doubt um, uh, you would have sat on the sidelines uh, metaphorically uh, and enjoyed um, the, uh, the, the, the Nations Cup and, and the results there. Yeah, look, uh, it laid a good platform for the team and that was the whole intention of, of setting up and designing the tournament and, and the players did quite well post-W League. So and got long to go now. So as we all know, they're one of the favourites for the World Cup and, and you know, as I've said many times, I, I know myself personally, but I know the whole country is behind them and we hope that they can put on a good show at the World Cup. Uh, Stadgett's Dean here. I know, obviously, we did a little bit off air, but I'll do it officially now on air to all our listeners. I'm just welcoming you, welcoming you to the club of coaches that have actually been sacked. And that's that's, that's actually a member of the club, oh, actually. I'm, I'm a big member. <laughs> You're a great bloke. Thanks for that. That's great okay. I just felt it was necessary that you just joined in a very, very elite group all around yeah. the world. The, so. it, it holds its AGMs at the uh, MCG. It no, does. On, 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 a, on a serious note, though, I'm really, really pleased. And I think I know as a coach, when I got sat, you want to get straight back on the horse. And this opportunity with the Central Coast Mariners, most probably is the best tonic to get back on that horse and turn that club around. Yeah, look, there's actually a lot of positives at the club, and, and we all know the history of the club. It's been an important club in the A-League, a successful club in the A-League, and, and for me, just being a fan of the A-League over the last 10 or more years, uh, yeah, it's longer now, um, we all know that it's a great challenge for me, it's a great challenge, and for the players who are there at the moment, we, we've really got to come together as a collective and put on a good show in the next six or seven weeks to, to give the fans some hope for the rest of this year and for next year as well. Alan, I'm always really interested in, in coaches that go from the international environment to club environment or vice versa. Is Obviously, an international coach, you only get the players at designated times around official breaks and training camps and so forth, things like that. But in a club, you get them, you get them every day. I'm just wondering how much thought you've put into that impact on your coaching outlook uh, or style because it's been a while since you've been in the day-to-day environment of a club yeah look this scenario is probably more like the international scenario where yeah, it is just come it? in midweek yeah. and and only have a couple of sessions to prepare the team so you know i guess that, that you're right in the long term of six or seven weeks i'll get that feeling but coming in this week and, and watching the session the other day for the first time and then the boys had wednesday off and today we did our first session as a group with, with me there was is really more akin to the international thing where you get players for a short time and really have to hit the ground running so i guess i've had good preparation for that over the last five years this is box to box on nts news talks but we're talking to the new interim coach of the central coast mariners now we are a bit of a lucky charm here on box to box we had we gary bowyer on last be. week we did we had gary bowyer on last week and he went out uh, in his first outing for, for bradford city and beat was it peterborough, peterborough uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and and, um, they, they only lost the loot in one nil yeah exactly so um so you've got a derby ahead of you mate nothing like a derby the f3 derby to uh to to get the blood um boiling so um what's um what's the excitement around the, the club now you know obviously uh, you know there were some you know pretty ordinary issues going on around player behavior um you know getting on the juice at um at the races and, and doing stupid things like posting on on instagram but have you had something to say about the players to the players about that um behavior yeah, look, as I said, I've only been there one day in terms of in front of the team and in charge of the team. Look, as we all know, when a team's not in a good space and not winning games, things always get blown up. And when you're winning, that tends to get smoothed over the cracks. 
you know, all, all these little things have been uh, have probably been building and exaggerated and, and come out in the media when a team's not doing so well. So I think there's a little bit of that uh, within the team. But look, I've turned up to the team in the last two, three days and watched them train and the environment and, and the vibe around the team. And it's actually really positive. It's a good group of players. It's a, a group of players who are united. They really want to play for the shirt. They want to play for team, uh, the club. They want to play for the community. And look, I've got nothing but praise for, for the work that they put in, for the passion that they've got. And, and look, that's just the first impression. But but I've had a really good feel for the group and for the team. So, look, I'm hoping they can display some of that positivity moving forward into this game because it's a fantastic game. It's been a great rivalry now. It's a real rivalry for the Mariners. Look, it's a big game for us. And as we know, Newcastle are really pushing for the top six. So it's important that we try and knock them out of contention. You contract with Central Coast. Do you get a lifetime supply of sauce? <laughs> You're about the seventh person who's asked for that today. <laughs> That's not a new joke, but... Um, yeah, look, we all know we all know the history of that, but no, look, it's all good fun. But it is good fun. When you look when you look at the history of the club, it's got such a great history, you know, through the year of Laurie and Arnie and all the grand finals, and mm. I was at that grand final that they won against the Wanderers, where it was packed out and a great atmosphere at the football stadium. So, as I said, look, being an, a fan of Australian football, we all want to see the A League grow, and, and we know that regional teams are important, and, and we've been talking about expansion for a couple of years now, so whether we're going to expand in the regional areas, it's very important for areas like Central Coast to be successful. Alan, is, um, in regards to your backroom stuff, is Monty still there? Yeah, Monty is. He's been great support, actually, in the last two, three days. He's got a lot of IT in the club. He's got yeah. a lot of IT on the players, and, and he's been tremendous support for me, actually. He's been fantastic, and, and so have all the staff. It's been brilliant. I just can't fold anything. From the time I've come in, the staff, the backroom staff have been helpful. The coaching staff have been fantastic, and... You know, going in two, three days in now and, and the first training session today, look, I'm in a really positive mood and excited for the weekend. Also, outside of, like, you know, from a football point of view, uh, the excitement yourself and the build-up now to the game coming up on the weekend, how different is it? And I know we touched on it a little bit earlier with the others with the international thing, but, you know, this is like the league game. There's going to be a game the next week and the next week. Um, you're, re- you're ready to and prepared to just go and, and give it your best and with Monty's support and hopefully the players' support, turn this thing around? Yeah, look, that's all you can do. Uh, there's no magic wand, and this is probably what one, one main message to the players. There's no magic wand. There's no new coach coming in and an automatic bounce. You've really got to work hard. You've really got to have some good structures. And we've got great players on paper, you know. There was a lot of people at the start of the year saying how good a squad it was on paper, and, and we know that that means nothing other than there's actual good potential and, and great signings there at the club. And, and it's up to them now to put it together and, and fulfil the potential that, that we all know they've had. And, and I'm sure, like you guys, I watched so many matches during this year where, where they dominated matches and dominated periods of matches and ended up with nothing. So it's time to put some of that potential in action and see if we can put a good 90 minutes together and, and make it really hard for Newcastle and try and get over the top of them. Finally, from a cultural point of view, what, what's the, the personal imprint? I mean, I, I don't want to you know be a, a smart aleck and sort of reference the you know the story of the last couple of months too heavily in this question, but, but in terms of your personal culture and style, um, how, how do you intend to, to leave your fingerprints over, over this club in this interview? Yeah, look, I don't think I've ever really changed my philosophy on on football over the last 20 years that I've been coaching any team and been pretty successful everywhere I go. And and that's to to really back the players, to allow for positivity, to allow them to back themselves in the game and use their strengths and and find out what their strengths are so that they can utilise them within the game. And I see a lot of strengths within this team. When you look at 
some of the individuals who can score goals, create goals. You know, there's been a couple of players who've had really good seasons in spite of in spite of all the all the talk that's been negative around the team. So look, it's up to a coach and a team and, and a and a club to really get behind those traits within a club and use it in a positive way and, and be attacking minded and go out there and win games. And obviously, that's difficult in this time for the team to have that positive mindset. But certainly within the next five six weeks, that's my goal to have a, to have a mindset here where we really back ourselves and, and go and try and win every month. Win every match well football's supposed to be fun and uh, and a derby um, you know is what uh, football really is all about at the um you know, at the entertainment end, and uh, you know, the, um, the just the ge- general enjoyment of um, of what the game um, can bring. So, good luck, Alan, uh, with the, your, your new brief. Um, uh, we hope um, that uh, that you get a result um, in this period, and um, and we uh, are chatting to you more often um, in the next season um, once uh, hopefully you appointed the uh, the full time coach. Short-term focus, let's get through this weekend, try and get a result, and then we've got a good five, six weeks to set a platform for next year for the club and beyond. So thanks for your support as always, and I hope you'll be cheering us on the weekend. Yeah, congratulations, Alan, and and, and good luck for the future, mate. Well done. Alan Stajic, the new interim coach of the Central Coast Mariners. Gentlemen, uh, good to have him back on the show in better times. Uh, Doesn't life just keep on rolling on? It's a passing parade, isn't it? Nothing uh, surprises us in football, but I'm sure Alan's neighbours will be knocking on the door saying, where's my sauce? (laughs) (laughs) It'll be in the garage. You and your original gags. You've got to work on some new material. I do, don't I? All right, well, we're going to stick with the A-League because Scotty Jamison, skipper of Melbourne City, is uh, next on the um, the show after the break on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. Yes, this is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport. Now, they started the season like a house on fire, but um, they've started to get the speed wobbles lately. And uh, with the Newcastle Jets coming at the back end of the season, Melbourne City need a win this weekend. We welcome the skipper of the club, Scott Jamison, to the show. Good to have you back, Scott. No, thanks very much, Dad. It's been uh, quite a while. I thought you fell out with me. That you're <laughs> oh, it was Dino's fault, mate. You can blame him. Uh, it's always Dino's fault. <laughs> so, Scott, um, look, I, I mentioned it, um, you know, in uh, in our little intro there that uh, that it's starting a little get uh, a little bit hot in the kitchen there for for City right now. Um, you know, we expected for most of the season that you'd be comfortably uh, in in the in the um, finals, uh, um, maybe even a, a, a double chance. But um, with the Jets coming at you and a, and a winnable match in the F3 derby this weekend, you, you really have to um, get a result this weekend. Yeah, um, look, uh, the table is what it is. Um, I think part of the reason why we've struggled lately is because we've been worrying about the table too much and, um, you know, we're, we're probably looking at other results and, and not focusing probably on ours enough. So, um, you know, we're at the stage now where you know, we haven't won in quite a while um, and it's, it's a case of uh, everything is in our hands in regards to the finals, but um, I'm quite confident in regards to where we'll finish and being higher than six um, based on uh, just the mood around the place at the moment. Um, you know, it's, it's, I'm assuming a lot of people think it's probably all doom and gloom around our place, but, um, you know, it's far from. And that, that uh, actually, um, you yeah, know, fills me with a lot of hope. Scott, I've got three uh, very close friends who are Melbourne City fans and members and have been going to see every game since the City, City Group got involved. Um and I rang them all uh, in preparation for tonight's show and just asked them, I said, uh, your skipper's going to be on the program and um, what do you want me to ask him? 
and they said, can you ask him this? And they all pretty much, we had a, we had a conference, Scott. That's how important sure. you are. Yep. That's how important. <laughs> yeah. And they said, look, um, are, you, are the players aware of the uh, level of frustration that the fans are feeling at the moment? They said within their fan group, and they've been sitting in the same seats for all of this time, so they pretty much know everybody around them. Um, that, yeah. have, that have been there, and uh, they sense right now, sort of right at this moment, is um, the degree of frustration is probably as high as, as high as it's ever been. And their question uh, through me by them to you, Scott, was, do you get a sense the fans are frustrated? Uh, look, I think um, yeah. Look, we're we're, we're not um, oblivious to, to all that stuff. We know the fans uh, are frustrated. We know the fans have been frustrated for a while. Um, I mean, I can't really talk. Um, you know, to, to about the club prior to my arrival. Yeah. Um, you know, crowds have crowds have always been um, a struggle with, with this football club. Um, yeah. But during my time, you know, the year and, and or two years, just under two years now, um, as a football club, we probably haven't done things right. Um, you know, football results will come and go. Yeah, we're going to win games, we're going to lose games. And there's no team in this competition, there's no team in the world that can go out to any fans they have and say we're going to win every game. It's impossible. One thing you can do is you can guarantee that the players are going to uh, do everything they can in, the, in their power for the badge, um, and that's something since I've been in the club we've done perfectly. We've always we've always um, applied ourselves, we've always worked hard. Tactics and all that it's it's, it's not for us to say. Um, we get coached by a manager, we back the manager, um, and look, some people might enjoy the way we play, some some people not. But at the end of the day, you're supporting a football club. Um, what I will say is, in regards to the interaction between the club and the fans, uh, it's been poor. Um, but as late, I'd, I'd say um, probably the last six weeks, uh, myself, uh, Scott Munn, um, and a few people behind the scenes made a conscious effort to to really address fans uh, and let them know that in the past it hasn't been acceptable. But um, what promise we'll give them is that um, you're going to see a lot more of Melbourne City uh, players out and about, uh, junior football clubs, uh, schools, events, everything like that. Because at the moment, um, you know, sorry, in the past, uh, there hasn't been a connection with the fans, and we're trying to fix that. So I can understand people's frustration, uh, and rightly so, but I think they can also understand that we are trying to make a change. Uh, results, as I said, will come and go. We're going to try our best, but in terms of engaging with fans, uh, the last six weeks, um, we've really made a stance and, and really try to fix that. Jamo Dino here. I just want to go on a slightly different tangent. Um, I think when Warren Joyce came in, and and, and this is nothing uh, against any of the predecessing coaches that they'd had in the past, but I think the mandate I heard out there was that they need somebody firm at the top, it's going to make decisions, and the manager is going to be the manager and the players are going to be the players, like it is in most football clubs, especially the successful ones. And I think, you know, and I've not, we've had Warren on the show many a time, um, but I've never actually been working with him. But, you know, obviously know of him and a lot of my friends in England know him because they've, you know, grown grown up through the football ranks over in England. But what I wanted to say was you had a situation where we couldn't score goals with Bruno Fulleroli and obviously he was in the stand most of that time. How how much of a factor is Jamie McLaren coming in now? And plus, you know, the one or two other bodies that have come in in that window just to, to give that little bit of spice and get something going at the other end. Yeah, look, I'll, I'll, I'll firstly address the, the Warren thing there, Dino. Um, I think, you know, prior to, to him coming in, there was, from, from what I'm led to believe, um, you know, there was too much, you know, power with players in, in yeah. regards to conversations above the coach or, you know, 
uh, you know, there was, there was too much player power in, in that regard. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying it's a cold or anything like that, but at the end of the day, um, there's people in the office that have to stay in the office, and there's a manager that runs the, the, the football team, and the players are there to play. Uh, that's how a football football club works. Um, now, you know, in regards to you know Maka, uh, I think he's been fantastic. Um, I look at you know the, 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 since he's come in, um, you know he's, he's been scoring goals um, and he's been really live up to, to the expectation. It's just unfortunately we, we haven't been uh, stopping him on the other end. But you know with him, um, you know I guess him replacing Bruno, uh, I think that, that the fans should be really excited. Um, he's a Melbourne boy, he's a Sunbury boy. He's the current number nine for the Socceroos. Um, I think it's important that you know we all get behind him, and so far so good that they have been. But I think it's time for now the club to, or the fans and stuff to look forward now, and and, and Jamie McLaren will, will be leading there from the front. This is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport. We're talking to Melbourne City skipper Scott Jamison. Now, Scott, you on a well, you haven't been losing, but you haven't been winning. So a couple of draws. You had a week off uh, to refresh. Sydney FC at Leichhardt Oval. So that that venue is a bit of a cauldron. We talk about those uh, Sydney suburban venues quite regularly. Did they fix the, the fence. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that, but uh, the uh, but but Leichhardt Oval. I you know spent many many uh, of my childhood uh, uh, days. So um, the fence is your ground. problem. You lent on yeah, it. Right? Yeah, I've got a couple of um, pickets at home, but uh, it it can be a cauldron, and it will likely be a full house on Sunday evening. So so it's the sort of environment that players like to play in. Whether it's uh, you know the the Maracanã or, or or Leichhardt Oval, you want to play in front of a full house with a lot of excitement going there. So you've got a, a little bit of momentum going, and, and big names of your own. Uh, the um, the gaffer, you know, Dino's just been talking about him. Uh, what's he been talking about uh, with, within the uh, the four walls of the club in in the, in the past uh, you know week or so since uh, you know you've come off those two draws? Yeah, look, I think what we've been talking mostly about is um, you know we've played probably the two best teams in the competition as it stands. Perth Glory and Melbourne Victory the last two games. In both those games, we were both in winning positions, and and then we both pretty much gave them away. Uh, now people might be. A, looking at it with a, a half-glass empty kind of outlook and saying, well, we lost the lead. But, you know, in this kind of climate we're in at the moment, um, we're looking at it in the stage of we've pretty much dominated uh, two of the best teams. Now, Melbourne Victory, when they got a man sent off with 11 v 11, um, we, we, we would have actually loved, loved the ref if he didn't send him off because we were, we were playing our better football we were, um, in terms of controlling the game. Uh, and then Perth Glory, um, you know, we, we go 2-0 up and, and then come out of half-time and, and then... We just seem to, to be a bit quite nervous, and I guess without winning a game in a while, it maybe did affect us a little. But you know, the message has been pretty much that um, when when we are on, we are on, um, and that's the thing that we have to try and figure out that we need to do it for for ninety odd minutes. Um, but as I said, and I said at the start of the show, um, what fills me with um, you know comfort and, and and pride is that the way we have come in um, the last two weeks. Uh, from these results, and instead of being really down and out, look, we've been honest. We've been honest with ourselves and, and said where we could have been better. But the all-round general mood has been positive because we have played two of the better teams and, and, and played um, or been in control. Though. So that's been the message. Just trying to really build on that. Scott, um, three of your boys, um, three of your your team um, are representing Australia in the under uh, the Ollie Roos, the under twenty three uh, qualifications. Um, Riley McGree, uh, Nathaniel Atkinson and Lockie Wells have all made very good contributions this year to Melbourne City. Um, just um, with your, you know, uh, skipper's hat on, um, it's always a proud moment when um, 
especially younger players get to represent Australia. Um, how, were, how was their frame of mind before they went off into that camp? And um, have you had any communication with them over in, uh, uh, I think they're in Cambodia? Yeah, well, this is the thing. Um, this is the thing. It's a real catch-22. Um, we, we, we as a country talk about blooding youngsters and giving them opportunities, which if they're good enough, they'll get an opportunity. Um, and we're seeing throughout Melbourne City history, and, and definitely this year, we're giving youngsters opportunities. This, you can um, absolutely spot on there. Melbourne City's been probably the best club at giving yeah. young players an opportunity, yeah. Um, no doubt about it, but this is the problem when it comes to Now we're losing our three best players. Yeah. Um, Perth yeah. Glory, uh, I don't think have uh, any. Either does, either does Sydney, the, the team that you play. Yep. Either does Sydney. Uh, yeah. Melbourne Victory, uh, I think, have Tom and Yeah, one. Um, yeah. And this is the problem that we have. And I remember Graham Arnold uh, saying, I don't know if he said publicly, but I know he said it for a fact, um, this is why people don't sign young players because the international uh, windows don't fall into um, the A-League windows. Now, you either stop the A-League and... and, and we embrace the youngsters and give them chances if they're good enough, or, you know, we as a football club like Melbourne City miss out on three very good players. So, as of course, we're very proud that we have three young players um, representing their country. Um, but on the other side of it, um, we would have loved to have those three young players, um, you know, being in contention like they have all year, uh, to, to, to play a part in this week. So, it, it's really, um, you know, it's an interesting one. As I said, I... I I read so much, I hear so much about, you know, uh, this league doesn't give youngsters an opportunity, but um, I'll speak about my own backyard and, and, and when we definitely do, but in a way we're kind of getting punished for signing these young boys because we lose them. So yeah, and there's, sort of, there's layers to it as well because the type of training they do in camp um, with, um, you know, preparing for a tournament like that's very different than in their club training because the, the games come thick and fast. There's three games within seven days, all that sort of stuff. So um, it, it does have an impact prior and post the games as well, doesn't it? Well, there's no doubt about it. There's, there's a fact with that, because Daniel Azani would have played a lot earlier in the season last year, had he not gone away with the young soccer rules yeah. um, and, and done that stuff. The people complain about uh, Melbourne City didn't play him earlier. Well, we, we couldn't play him earlier because he wasn't fit enough. Yeah. He, he played the second half of the season and he couldn't last games, so therefore it kind of tells you if we did play him in those first half of the games, he wouldn't have lasted 25 minutes. And this is the thing that people don't see uh, in the public. You know, this is the, you know, the commentators on Fox Sports that don't understand the game properly. They they just throw out names they should be playing. They don't understand. They don't understand the workings of the business. And you know what? They're not. Nor should they. They're there to commentate. They're there to. No, nah, they should. The they should up. be informed about those views too. Yeah, I, I, yeah, but it's got nothing to do with, say, for example, I'm not going to name names, but why do we have to tell people our selection process of Daniel Lazani when? We're doing what's best for the kid, but people saying that people, Melbourne City are holding him back. This is the thing that, as a whole, maybe going maybe going off on a tangent, but people don't <laughs> no, understand no, it's just the little things here. Love it, thing about football. Hey, Scott, we'd rather you do that and, uh, and give us uh, some honest opinions than just uh, bowl one up outside of stump, mate. So, uh, I, could talk, I could talk about this for about an hour or two. Hey, maybe we'll so get you in the studio to do that. And, uh, host the show. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, listen, let's just park that for another day because, uh, you know, we, we always want to talk to, to players who uh, are interested in giving their opinions and, and your club needs a personality that's bigger than the one it's got right now. And uh, you've already said that, you, you know, you're going to get out there on the front foot and uh, some of the opinions have expressed tonight clearly indicate that uh, you're going to put your money where your mouth is, mate. So, listen, good luck this weekend, Scott. We'll talk to you again soon. Dino, I'll give you a call, mate, and, uh, and set it up, and uh, um, and uh, hopefully we'll get you into the studio before the end of the season. Sounds good. Let's get in the studio and we'll, we'll have a good chat. Appreciate it, guys. Good on you, Scott Jamison. Cheers, 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 Jamison. Cheers
against Sydney FC this Sunday evening. Okay, we're going to talk more A-League after the break. Dina, we're going to wrap up the round and go through every game in detail. That is next on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. Yes, this is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport, and uh, we're going to talk more A-League. We've talked to Alan Stagic, so it was a, a nice chat. Uh, Alan seemed very relaxed uh, for a bloke who's been through what he's been through in uh, recent times. But um, then we uh, we had a, a lovely yarn with um, with Scotty Jamison. I think there's always uh, uh, a good opportunity to talk to a player who uh, who seems um, relaxed uh, and, and gets some... Uh, you know, honest opinions. Yeah, he's honest. Yeah. He tells it the way it is, which yeah. is exactly what we want. Yeah, but before we go on and talk about the rest of the A-League round, are you running out of space at home? Then you have to call Dino. Uh, they're talking to me. Sorry, I was, <laughs> I, I was reading my notes ready to go. Okay, we'll try that again. Okay. Dino, you're running out of space at home. Then who do you call? Um, storage King. Exactly. I think I'm going to warm you up next time. <laughs> so whether you're moving house, downsizing, renovating, call our mates at Storage King. Relocating the office is too small or you're running an online business and you just don't need a shop front. Storage King, they have the answer. They've got a crack team of storage professionals on hand to make life easy. And with stores everywhere, there's one just around the corner. There is, without question, the best service in the industry. Service, what does it mean? Everyone claims to have the best service. We'll ring Storaging and find out what it means. See how you'll be treated. See how they handle you. See how they inform you and fit you up for what you need. They've got stores everywhere. There is one just around the corner. They are the kings of storage, moving and more. Visit storageking.com.au for your nearest store, Dino. And you store there and you love Storage King. No, I do. I've been there for many years. I just was caught off trial, just getting ready for my notes just to make sure I hit the ground running. And you hey, A-League's uh, interesting <laughs> round this weekend. We kick off Friday yeah. night with a huge... Huge game, Adelaide United and Perth Glory at uh, Cooper's Stadium at the old Hindmarsh uh, facility. Um, Dino, can Adelaide do anything in this game? No, I don't think so. I think they're a little bit on the slide. I'm, you know, their results some... in recent times haven't been good. Yeah. Got beat, uh, couple, well, feels like last week, but it was a few weeks ago, um, against um, Sydney FC 2 0. So and... we're saying Melbourne City are in danger of um, of slipping out of the six. So is Adelaide? Oh, sorry, yeah. Adelaide. Adelaide. Yeah. There's not provided a lot Newcastle win. Yeah, yeah. Newca- Newcastle are the threat because obviously if they get. Do that we give point... Alan Stadich a, a chance of? Um, oh, a... I think it's hard. I, I think. It's It'd be hard, but they, look, let's They'll be competitive. Let's, I'm sure. Let's but. talk about that game in specifically mm-hmm. in a moment. But mm-hmm. um, for Adelaide, they do get two players back. Um, they've had a host of injuries, so Nikola Milenic he, he comes back in, and so does Michael Jakobsen, which will help them. Yeah, that will help. Yeah, but Perth Glory are flying at the moment, even when they're not playing well. They're playing well. You know, they, they Perth have Glory it. have one player unavailable, and that's Brandon Wilson, who's away with the Ollie Roos on international duty. I mean, but that's so they always have no the case injuries with, uh, with the top team. Yeah, yeah in any um, sport, isn't it? That yeah. when um, when a team uh, managed to, to get through to the the back end of the season with yeah. very few injuries. No, for me, definitely Perth Glory all day long. I mean, I think it's three points. Yeah, so. Perth Glory for me too, Jono. Yeah. Scribe that one down, and yeah. I think uh, Rob will pick Perth Glory too. I most certainly will. And Diego Castro. Okay. Uh, now the Newcastle uh, was, um, Jets one. The uh, professional footballers uh, PFA Player of the Month. Yes, well, so everything's going well. Well yeah, So well done. Newcastle Jets and Central Coast Mariners. Now, because there is normally a play, you know, teams sack a coach and they normally get a lift. They do. And the thing to note before we make a selection here is that um, for Central Coast they get four players back, which are pretty significant players um, in the context of why they got beaten so badly 
last week. That's Andrew Hull, Tom Harajere, Connor Payne, and Mario Chabot. So those four Thompson players. Kevin's boy Connor Payne. I saw his uh, I saw his Socceroos um, shirt uh, proudly hanging up in the. Uh, in the um, the college journey he's last He's a good week. lad, is uh, Connor. But and obviously he's scored some nice goals for them no, too. But, um, but those four players will make a difference. But are they uh, are they enough to stop uh, well, a pretty much be. informed I mean, Newcastle some, Jets? You know, some big names. I mean, if they, if they got their head back into the game, that's the thing. I mean, you know, Alan um, did gloss over the behaviour and, uh, you know, I think fairly he put it down to the fact that, uh, you know... There's a bit going on there. Going. He made them... Um, Mike Mulvey made them train by themselves for a while. PFA got involved. There's obviously a bit uh, going on there that don't, we don't, don't know. Don't about. forget Jets have just... The last game they played, they won 2-0 at victory. Yeah. So, for yeah. me... G-Long. And they, they're in a massive position here. If they go and get three points, go to 29. Adelaide get beat, as we predicted. To Perth, it's two points. Having said that, massive. let's just talk about the outs for Newcastle. Kantorovsky's out with a calf injury. Uh, Ivan Vajuka's on international duty with Johnny Contrumbus and Joey Champness. They lose Champness and Contrumbus, which have played a fair bit. Hoffman's still out with an ankle injury. There's no return still, date. Still enough. Yeah. Still enough. Still enough, you reckon? Yeah, still enough. But they get back Ronnie Vargas uh, from injury. He's outstanding. Yeah, Nick Cowburn comes back into yeah, the Cowburn squad. Cowburn does a good job. And Dimmy's brother Costa Protratos gets a go. So... Um, Newcastle Jets. Newcastle Jets for Dean. What about you, Rob? Are you going to go for with your with your mate Alan? Uh, no, I think I'm going to stick with the Jets. It's just too much with his mate Ernie. I, I think it'll be uh, <laughs> Dean's mate Ernie. Um, yeah. He um, he just picks him every week, so uh, he's just on a roll. But uh, no, I think um, the Jets are going to make the finals. I think uh, there's going to be one of uh, of the bottom three in the top six right now. That's going I was to trying to talk you into going for Central Coast, but uh, so you're not going to do are it. We, are we all going Jets? Newcastle Jets for me. Yeah, yeah. Trying to talk everybody else out. Now, I think Central Coast will put in a better performance. Though. Melbourne victory against Brisbane Roar on Saturday 7 at 15. What's the uh, travelling back from Japan? Is it going to make a difference? It, it would against a decent side, but I think there's too many either injuries. Niedermeyer to... comes back from suspension. Tornovan is in the squad, even though he uh, he had problems uh, in victory. Japan. Victory have to win. Victory have to win to have any chance of finishing. In the Donerke is suspended. Top Thomas Dings on international duty. For Brisbane Raw, Thomas Christensen, he gets back uh, into the team with Stefan Negro. Um, so, yeah, for me, Melbourne victory. victory. Despite the trouble, they, they'll, they should do it. I think it's victory by three, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, we're all together. Wellington Phoenix uh, hosting now, Western this, Sydney Wanderers. This, this, by the way, are most probably the two informed mm. teams at this moment in time. Mm. Um, Wanderers, though, squad's been decimated. Yeah, I know, because uh, of the... Yeah. Of the um, the camp so and it's whip phoenix at home yeah and for me wellington doing really really well so i think it's wellington for me likewise wellington for me too yeah yep. all the way through we're all going and then most probably the game of the week in the sense because it's yeah, looking forward to this for game. well scotty sounded uh confident beat, i mean yeah, yes. you know it's yes. uh it's easy to uh well he should be shouldn't he's game. the captain of the team and He's got to carry a bit of a load, but um, at the moment they stink. Come on, let's be honest. Mm. They're not going well. Yeah, well, he's either he must be a very good bullish artist because he gave me the impression that there was a, a reasonable vibe. Well, he down, said there was a good yeah, vibe down yeah. there, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's been plenty of clubs that have had a good vibe at training and get whacked I, on the weekend. I might think, I, I'm just going to throw that I think uh, Melbourne City will get a draw. Ooh, Dino's going for a draw. Yeah. Um, and and I never go against Sydney. Alex Brosk no, returns don't. from suspension. I'll tell you what, Sydney, if Sydney had Sim De Jong in the team, how much better would they be? Oh, they would. Yeah. He's a quality player. Yeah. Even though he's not in the team, I'm yeah. going for Sydney to beat <laughs> Melbourne City. And you, Rob? 
Yeah, I'm going. Um, As his, his, his phone's phone. going off again. What's his agent going on? <laughs> yeah. Looking for a rise. It's no, it's uh, it's probably Chris Nico asking uh, um, how the show's going. Is <laughs> so is, uh, is it to Sydney and one yeah, draw? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It is. All right. Okay, that's it. All right, gentlemen. That's um, that's a good uh, opening hour of the show. Uh, you need to stick around because there's another hour. Um, we've got lots of news coming up with Willem uh, after the break. We're Can't talking... wait to speak to Scott McIntyre. Yeah, Scotty McIntyre, our man in Tokyo. Um, he's um, he's always good value. Scotty gives us uh, a lot. We're going to talk Europe. It was a big week in Champions League, an extended chat around hey, what about Europe. his stoppage time? We get Dina roll out the ladder from the A's. Yes. I think Dean's done the work. Okay, well, but we'll work. add that as well. But we are going to talk about this, the, 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 the SAC Coaches Brigade as well. I think right, Rob so doesn't want to talk about that that's after the break hey, I'm very proud to talk about it I'm the one who's got the balls to um, have a go Ooh, you know, you guys. Go. Oh, okay that's next talk. on Box to Box now this is Box to Box with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley oh what a goal for Chemist Warehouse home of real brands and real savings and Storage King the king of storage moving absolutely Welcome back to Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport. Uh, big second hour of the program coming up. We're going to get off with second edition news, uh, including uh, Socceroo Central for the Green and Gold Army, ESPN Asia's Scott McIntyre from Tokyo. Not a good week for the Australian clubs in the Asian Champions League, but not a bad week for an Aussie by the name of Ange Postacoglu over the last uh, few weeks, in fact, since the J-League season commenced. Europe, a massive, massive Champions League week uh, and uh, a stack more to talk about um, in stoppage time, as always. Uh, Willem, uh, what do you got left for us, man? Soccer is central for the Green and Gold Army. Join the Matildas in France for the Women's World Cup with the Green and Gold Army. And if you are there or wherever you are watching, make sure you're decked out in one of those flash new spew kits, Rob. Good. I'm on board, I have to say. Are you? Yeah, I am. Well, we're in it next time we come in. And, right. uh, you and Michael me, Willem, we're sold out. Sorry. See what, um, <laughs> All the men's Willem. sizes are sold out, right? Willem brings the average age um, uh, of this uh, program down um, a lot. He so, does. Yes. Good on him. Asian Champions League first up. There was a win for Milos Degenek with Alain. He played a full match as they cruised past Al Duhail, so Al Halal atop of Group C. Andrew Naboot played 72 minutes for Urawa Reds in a nil-all draw away. They also remain top of their group. Uh, Brad Jones and Matt Yerman suffered losses on match day two, respectively, with Al Itihad and Al Nazar. Hey, can I ask a question uh, to Rob? Do you have Instagram? Yes, I do. Do you follow? Do you follow? Um, Milos Degenek on Instagram? No, I don't, but maybe I should. You should, because Milos Degenek's a really interesting character because he's um Milos. he's right into the fan culture, right into it. And uh, obviously, he grew up as a red-style Belgrade fan, and obviously he had his um, boyhood dream realised by being able to play for them. But he's obviously transferred to the Middle East now. So he's playing for a massive club over there in uh, Saudi Arabia. And he whips up he, he whips up his fans. He's the one. And he, he covers it. To, he's obviously got someone um, who's given him a lot of uh, content because he, he shares it on his Instagram feed. So um, fans out there, go and have a look at it because he's always... He's the first one to be whipping up a frenzy in the opposition fans when his team scores. So he's got 136,000 followers. So yeah, I mean, he's definitely half an influencer. Be, yeah. But he's only following 298 people. Yeah. But what's interesting is he's he's pretty good at whipping up a frenzy in the fans. He loves it. I am now following him. 
good to Europe. Both Maslowongo and Jackson Irvine put in full shifts for Queen's Park and Hull, respectively, but both suffered defeat. Hull have slid to 13th in the championship, Queen's Park even further down, and playoff positions now look highly unlikely. Mustafa Amini set up the opener for Randers in Denmark, but that ended in a losing cause. But finally, a blast from the past. Scott McDonald has scored for Partick Thistle. He's seen them through to the last four of the Scottish FA Cup. Oh, Scotty McDonald. He's a good boy, Scotty. Yeah, he's I a great know, guy. He's, unfortunately, yeah, so we know he'll always be famous for that one 20, little stat. 23 games for just, that uh, goal for the Aussies. Just one goat. <laughs> just absolutely. <laughs> hey, uh, Jamie... Um, our very good friend Jackson Irvine, I should say. I was about to say Jamie McCrane. But Jackson Irvine has, despite Hull's form, has mm. been doing really well. Mm. He's been uh, playing all the games and getting high ratings. And they were a good good chance to get in the promotion thick of it for a little while. Yeah, they were. But they've been but on a but they've been yeah, free fall in the last month. Yeah. Hey, um, Asian Champions League, Rob. Now that we've uh, now I've asked mm. you about Instagram, mm. have you? The other person you should follow on Instagram is Keisuke Honda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Keisuke's had a big week. Um, I want to talk to Scotty about that because yeah. uh, he was just massive. Um, you know, he, well, so he's, got a, little, he's he, got a little guy who follows him around, so he does his own content on uh, Instagram, and it's pretty funny because Keisuke yeah. is a really cool cat. He's got the sunglasses. Mm. He cruises around, mm. um, but he's also got this uh, security guard that wherever wherever Keisuke goes, there's a security guard, and he's an Australian guy. Mm. It's obviously part of the deal. And the Australian guy, like, he's getting out of the bus, Case of Case, the Australian guy's always beside him. Mm. Well, they, they had uh, Case of Case just, you know, cruising out of the uh, the airport If, if our listeners could hear, look at Ledge while he's sort of doing that. He's sort well, of doing the, the cruising you, sort of thing. If you've been following it, the listeners who follow Case of Case on, on Instagram will realise how mm. he sort of struts. He's yeah. got this strut happening. He's wearing the sunglasses. Strutting as he's sitting. At yeah, the, yeah, that's right. But uh, the, the security guard's job is to keep the punters away from Keisuke. And mm. obviously, he would have had a busy time in Japan because they were, he was getting mobbed. Mm. So Keisuke is just cruising along. And, and uh, obviously, the security guard's got a message on his phone. So he's pulled out the phone to look at his phone and, and he stopped. Keisuke's kept walking. And then he's been literally mobbed by about... 70 schoolgirls, <laughs> and Case K's just taken the sunglasses off and turned around. He's looking for his security he's guard. Say, what the? He's like, what are you doing? <laughs> You've got one job. <laughs> that's it. Hey, that's your phone messages. Walk beside me. Keep these girls away from me. Liverpool have eased past Bayern Munich. They've become the fourth English side in the quarterfinals of the Champions League. They were widely tipped to struggle in Munich, but came out convincing winners 3-1. So we've had Spurs also beat our fancy German opposition in Dortmund. Man City put 10 past Schalke across two legs. And we've, of course, had Man United's miracle in Paris. Not so long ago, English teams were considered a bit behind the eight ball in Europe, but yeah, the one, dynamic yeah. has shifted, yeah, Dino. Yes, you it's, uh, well, you've think, got a whole segment to talk about yeah, it no, soon, so don't, don't no, um, try your best shots. No, look, I think it's the, there is a concern with German football. Cause they, coincidence they, they, is they amazing were, they were massive, phenomenon in the world, yeah. and it's a coincidence. No, that's, like I mean, Spain's been strong. Well, by whom, how many times have they won the Champions League? Four, four times Would and be. uh, been in the final. So, they, you know, they've been a perennial over But I think it's more the money that's going into English football, you know, with the way the I do up. feel sorry for Gigi Buffon though. Yeah, he's he did uh, have one, know, didn't he? He had exactly. one. And um, and then uh, and then Cristiano Ronaldo. What about his vertical leap at the age of what is he? Thirty. Look, to be fair, that, what a big that, game that, player. That what a big time. That player. is outstanding. He has yeah. to be one of he's the best. He's a beast, isn't he? Been. I mean, that first mm. header, he just like he was just like a laser target, wasn't he? There was no the, way. I, he was I, bet, miss I can't think, and I think this might be a question, you know, for for our listeners, but also for our panel. If you look at, he's done it in England with Man United. Hmm. He's done it in Spain with obviously Real Madrid. Now he's doing it in Italy. Who else has done it? 
that big mm. in three of the major. Well, yeah, you're right. He's got to be right up there. Yeah, where, where Messi, which is quality, he's, he's really only done it in one place because yeah, that's where he's yeah. been. And Cristiano yeah. Ronaldo doesn't mind reminding him of that either. I'm, I'm sure he doesn't. Time. Just to touch on Ronaldo and Messi, <laughs> Ronaldo's hat trick <laughs> to get past Atletico 3-0 was his eighth, and that drew him level with Messi uh, with championship hat tricks. Not to be outdone, Messi netted twice and assisted <laughs> two more against Lyon. So he's ensured that Barca have reached the quarterfinals for a record 12th season in a row. Unreal. Uh, another, another outstanding performer. Yeah, and, and because PSG gets all the uh, headlines from France, uh, Olympic Lyonnais, as they are known, um, they're not a... <laughs> They're not a small club. They're a massive club. So that's a good result, too, for Barcelona. Good sausages at their home ground, I hear. They, yeah, they, in the baguette, goes well. <laughs> Bit of mustard. Some I've done more. that, Rob. Have I told you about that? You yeah. told us what I'm Have referring to. Have you told to. anybody about going to Anfield? Did I have mentioned that? I, the it's coming up to yeah. the anniversary, by the way. And Molyneux. Faulty pie. Stanford yeah, Bridge as well. <laughs> Can't believe you went to Molyneux and actually got out alive. <laughs> it was outstanding, mate. Very civilised people, the uh, people in the black country. I loved my little sojourn there. Some more FIFA news. FIFA has backed away from plans for a worldwide Nations League after a task force couldn't reach consensus over it. Uh, Gianni Infantino had been hoping the tournament would provide a new revenue stream for FIFA. Uh, so that looks on the back burner. I really don't see where they could have fit it into the calendar. However, a 24-team Club World Cup remains on the cards, with FIFA set to meet in Miami this week. What do we mm. make of the what Club World Cup? What would the formula be? Club World Cup. It'd be interesting. Where do you get 24 teams from, and how many from Europe, how many from Asia, how many from blah, 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 CONCACAF, et cetera, Africa? It'd be interesting. If we yeah, do. we've done a bit of research on that we've over the done journey. We've a lot of research on that over the journey, Dave. Dave. Just a tad. Oh, I've got a few grey hairs as a result of that. <laughs> the United You've States... lost a few hairs as uh, a result I'm, of that. Well, I've got no hair. <laughs> the US women's team have launched a class action lawsuit against the US Soccer Federation in a bid for equal pay with their male counterparts. All 28 members of the national side have banded together, and Serena Williams has also thrown her support behind the movement. Billie Jean King uh, uh, has been tweeting big time on this one, and uh, she's uh, she's hot to trot, and she says this is an opportunity for the men, mm. the US men, to uh, come to the aid of their women and make their federation provide a payment well, equality. If there's one and if country... that means the men taking less money, yeah. they need to do that. So I think that's the big issue. I mean, deadly silent on all these issues of the mm. players' unions because mm. they know there is only a pie so big of football revenue. Mm. So it's not as if there's this pot of money that you can bring women's uh, wages up. The result is if, if you want equality in, in financial reward for Some national teams, the thing that has to give is that the men's teams have to take less. Mm. So that's a big issue. The players' unions, they are silent on this. Let's not for one moment degrade what the players' union here in Australia did for Hakeem. But on this issue, they are very, very silent. Yeah, well, uh, if there's one country that, that can use it as a test case, it's obviously America because of the women's national side in uh, in the States. A lot uh, of similarities there with Australia, you know, in mm-hmm. terms of in terms of that. So, look, I'm, I'm really interested in this topic. I think it's going to be a fascinating journey, this uh, this whole pro- program. I think it's an insight into the future. Um, it is. So, at some point, but Do you agree, Rob, the men will have to take less? Well, it seems like you, you know more about the commercials of the game than I do. And if you're saying that, and I, I concede that... Um, you know, you're right on that, then they will have to take less. There's no choice. And uh, if there's uh, going to be um, some uh, consideration to the, um, the the women getting more, then the men, I, I think it's fair to say that, that they'll obviously all be earning more through their club contracts than the women through their club contracts. So I don't think it's... Um, it's uh, Especially when it's a, a lot of it is... is uh, 
um, driven from the taxpayer-funded uh, models of, of national um, organisations. I know there's commercial money that comes in mm. through the, the head office. but Well, FIFA uh, could lead the charge here by mm. uh, maybe opening up that bank balance they've got. We, we reported on mm. that last week, yeah, how big it was. Maybe they could uh, give mm. a little bit more money to the uh, Women's World Cup winners. Well, maybe we, we just dig a little deeper to that on another day. Willem, thank you. Thank you. Just cut me off, Dean. <laughs> cut your edge off, Steve. You there's off one thing you can't do is cut you off, my Okay, Scotty McIntyre, the man in Tokyo, he's going to talk to us about um, the Asian Champions League, a bit about Ange Postacoglu. That's next on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most crucial goal of Box to box, and as I said uh, off the top of the show, our man in Tokyo, I'm sort of evoking uh, James Bond, uh, Sean Connery from the 1960s, uh, uh, a, um, a secret agent of football. Welcome back to Box to Box, Scott. Hello, guys. It's far too cold to be just getting around in a, uh, in a suit and tie at the moment. I need a, a big, a kind of puffy uh, winter jacket, you know, one of these ones that the coaches wear on the, on the side. There's actually a cup game here uh, last night in the, in the north in Sendai where Graham Arnold had that briefed in and it's still snowing in, yeah, in, the, in the north of Japan. So uh, pretty cool uh, conditions for, for both uh, the, the A-League clubs uh, down in Hiroshima and, and uh, not far from where I am in, in Kawasaki as well. Not the results, uh, obviously, that either of those clubs wanted. But, yeah, no uh, no mystery or, or intrigue, uh, James Bond style from me. Oh, very nice. A little bit of background music for you there, the Scotty McIntyre signature Whoa. puffer jacket. But So, yeah, it was disappointing. It was uh, miserable, if you like. I mean, we had all the hype around uh, KCK Honda coming home and, uh, and you know, victory doing well for a while there and uh, um, and uh, conceding the um, the go-ahead goal late in the game. Yeah, I mean, I think it's especially uh, d- disappointing if, if we uh, talk in the context of the kind of uh, team that Hiroshima uh, played. That's I mean, right. uh, last week there their opening match, they, they sent the, the B team across uh, to China and they played pretty much only one starter in this game as well. So you, you, the, the reality that we're talking about is, um, and in my opinion, they're not a particularly good uh, domestic side either. So the, the second string team of a, a kind of a modest uh, uh, J-League uh, club, you know, seeing off one of Australia's um, most consistent and, and best clubs over the, the past decade, it's not a particularly good um, sign when you put it in that context. I think it was admirable um, that Melbourne went out and tried to play the way that they want to play. Um, you know, tried to take the game to Hiroshima. And you can say it's okay, unfortunate in a way. I think they um, they attacked the, uh, fairly well. But the, you often have to wonder. I mean, we saw the, the one Australian team, although Sydney, I thought, um, uh, maybe played a bit um, more pragmatic uh, last night and almost got the result. But if you look at, at the way the Wanderers won the ACL, they certainly didn't do it by playing a slashing, uh, up-tempo attacking football. And we generally tend to see uh, the teams that do play in that manner um, fall in the group stage, you know, for, for better or, or for worse. So, um, you know, Melbourne's, yeah, wretched run continues. It's going to be very hard for them now, you would think, to to get out of the group. Um, so while I respect and admire the way that they tried to play, I just don't know, you know, if it's always necessarily the, the smartest way to play in, in terms of trying to get... Uh, results um, in Asia, and yeah, disappointing results. I think the the golf in you could see the technical ability between the teams was evident um, as well. For me, the foreigners uh, that Melbourne have, uh, maybe Honda aside, not quite the level that you need. Uh, not that um, we saw too much of that from Hiroshima, but if you look at some of the other teams in the, the Champions League, I mean, uh, Kawasaki, who so I've seen, you know, I've gone out and spent big to get a guy in uh, Landry Damiao, the the Brazilian star who was the Golden Boot winner at the Olympics in 2012. So I think a lot of it, again, comes down to the recruitment of foreign players uh, in the A-League, you know, and 
I've talked forever about the the influence of agents and this kind of thing. And I think if there's more, you know, in-depth scouting done, uh, and I would, uh, I know I'm rambling and getting off the track, but I would mm. like to see, as I said before, you know, that that kind of scouting done centrally by the FFA rather than the clubs, and you know, having those clubs in bed with agents who, uh, you know, in, in most instances are only, you know, concerned about making money, not what's best for the club or the player. So yeah, we see this in the Champions League. There's always a thousand questions coming up. There's no uh, easy fix, um, obviously, but there's a lot of uh, questions that you can ponder. Scott, it's very obvious that the Australian teams have ambition. Um, it was just just by looking at their lineups and uh, the decisions they made on on who to take and who to play. Can you tell us about um, the ambition of the Japanese clubs in um, the Asian Champions League? Because like you, I was pretty shocked at uh, Hiroshima's lineup, um, and obviously extremely disappointed that uh, against a second-string team, Melbourne Victory struggled so so greatly. So. Um, what is the attitude to this competition by the Japanese teams? I think it varies from club to club, uh, as it does uh, in in most countries. Of course, we've, uh, I'm actually it's worth praising both um, Melbourne and Sydney in this instance because we haven't always seen the Australian clubs treated with you know, great respect either. But in recent years, certainly, uh, I know from my discussions with Kevin Musket, you know, he's very keen on success. I know the the victory as a club is very keen on success, and Sydney, uh, although you know there were um, a, a couple of guys that didn't uh, feature in their match, you know, took a pretty strong a squad as well, so that's a positive from from the Australian element. And um, in Japan, yeah, there's absolutely no question. I think Hiroshima don't want to be in the tournament. It's uh, um, somehow quite strange um, decision. But if if we look at the other clubs, I think uh, Urawa took a very uh, strong team on their uh, road trip. Uh, Kashima did likewise, and Kawasaki played a very strong uh, squad against the Sydney, even resting uh, a couple of their key players uh, for the, the league game last weekend. So I think the other three uh, J-League clubs are, are really trying to do all they can. And of course, we've got to remember there's been success for the teams two years ago. Uh, Urawa won it, and then the Kashima, of course, won it last year as well. We don't know what's happening with the, the Club World Cup this year, but I think that's also been a real a kind of attractive proposition for winning the ACL and, and getting to you know, pick your uh, wits then against um, some of the biggest clubs in, in world football. We saw Kashima a couple of seasons ago when they qualified uh, through the domestic route, uh, you know, making the, the final and pushing Real Madrid all the way in that. So uh, I think Kawasaki have recruited with this um, tournament in mind. I think uh, Urawa made a coaching change with the, the tournament in mind, and Kashima are, are dead keen on it. You know, they brought Zika back in a kind of almost a full-time capacity to be their technical advisor and he's travelling to all the league games. Uh, he, he's, he's with them in all the ACL games. So certainly they're doing all they can as well. Um, and the other thing that um, I think we spoke about last time as well, this year is the year where the, the coefficient is being yeah. reorganised. So it's going to hurt... Um, that's the thing. If I was the J League, I would certainly be having a word with Hiroshima because you know, you're damaging not just your, yourself by playing your second string team, but you're potentially damaging... Uh, the, the hopes of Japanese clubs um, going forward. We've seen that Vissel Kobe spent a lot of money in the last six months to bring out Lucas Podolski, Andreas Iniesta, David Beer. They just, um, in, in the last couple of weeks, uh, signed a uh, former Brazilian youth international defender in Dunkler and, um, and one of uh, Spain's greater youth products in recent times, Sergio Samper from Barcelona as well. So they're making no secret of their ambition to, to, to really do well in the, in the competition. You'd hate for them to finish fourth and, and you know, miss out because Hiroshima have been mucking everybody about by playing their second string team and then what happens in the Australian context as well I mean if the Melbourne and Sydney continue to struggle it's um, possible if not likely that there might only be one direct spot for the A-League uh, mm. into the ACL next year and it's a, it's a, that is a, a very big um, issue that you raised Scott and not, not a lot of people in Australia understand that at some point Australia was trying to get three teams in and it, it is possible we could only end up with one 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one direct, and you, you might have uh, you know one or two going through the playoffs. Yeah. Australian clubs have struggled through that route in the past, so it, it would be um, such a shame. And, and especially if you look at pretty much every other country, you get automatic entry at least for the league winner and the cup winner. So I don't know why um, the, the FFA Cup winner for example, is not um, granted one of those places. I would love to see that because, you know, just imagine the... The, the, the incentive, uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. For a smaller club, okay, maybe they need to then... Um, they can't play at their home ground. They need to play at, you know, one of the other venues that meets um, all the, the kind of licensing requirements or whatnot. But it'd be, yeah, such a great ticket. You know, if you're at a, a, a regional or an amateur kind of club that could dream maybe one day of playing in the Champions League, it'd be such a fantastic thing. So, yeah, I hope that Melbourne and Sydney can do what they need to do to pick up the points to, to keep Australia with those um, two spots. And then, yeah, I'd love to see one of those guys go to the FFA Cup winner as well. This is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport. We're talking to ESPN Asia's Scott McIntyre now. Moving on from the Asian Champions League, uh, not a bad start to the season. Two wins and a loss for Ange Postacoglu. Uh, very early, three games in, but, uh, hey, you can't complain about uh, about winning. Absolutely. They've been very, uh, very impressive. And I mean, they they scored a, a last gasp um, equalising the 2-2 draw at, at home to Kawasaki the weekend. As, um, back-to-back, they're defending the champions Kawasaki. So that was a, a very good point. They lost in the cup last night, but that doesn't really um, count for anything because every club uh, is essentially rotating their entire uh, first-choice 11 and playing kids and, and kind of squad players. And that's why I don't count that. But in the league, they've been very, very impressive. They recruited um, very well with a couple of uh, really important uh, foreigners that fit the way that he wants to play, not big name kind of recruits, but you know, it's my understanding they tapped into the the, the networks available through um, the the city group to kind of get the exact kind of players that they wanted, and they've been yeah, really really good. They've got another um, young niche uh, Japanese midfielder alone who's settled in nicely and, and playing the same way that we saw last year. You know, I spoke to you guys many times. A really um, up tempo, ultra aggressive performer football that they've even maybe dialed up a little bit further. This year, so I think they're I think they can have a really really good season. It's also um, worth pointing out there's another Australian on the staff now, and in, in Arthur Pappas, who's done well, um, you know, in the Victorian Premier League and uh, coached overseas. Uh, you know, so him alongside uh, Pete Komofsky in, in the backroom staff working uh, with Ange, and they've done yeah such a fantastic job. And it's so good to see this really brave. Um, Attacking football being rewarded with the results uh, and the goals um, it deserves, and I think they're going to be uh, potentially even you know heavily involved in the in the title race and and really uh, continue uh, yeah an exciting um, you know way in terms of the the brand of football that he's brought to Japan. I, I really love it, and I think the fans are enjoying it. And Japanese football uh, in general is enjoying it, and yeah, I, I really hope it can continue. Scott, what about Andrew Naboot? Can you tell us how he started the season? We we know he's had some time, but is he? Um, is he making an impact and, uh, and a contribution? Yeah, I think there's an argument to be made now that he's um, probably first choice at the club. Uh, they, they recruited a, a, a Japanese international uh, striker from Cerezo Osaka this year um, and did uh, Urari Kenny Sugimoto and the expectation was that he would be playing up front alongside uh, Shinzo Kuroki who's played um, as their kind of a target man for a long time. They moved to the, the two strikers and Andrew started the last uh, couple of games. He started for them in the ACL yesterday as well. So uh, they, you know, there's going to be rotation at this point uh, You know, with a, a heavy fixture loose between the ACL and the, and the league games, but he's um, he started the last couple and he's done uh, very well. He's had a few chances that uh, you know maybe he would have liked to have done better with, but he's um, he's been heavily involved. You know, you know the kind of player he is. He does a lot of work off the ball in in, in putting pressure defensively from the front, uh, trying to win uh, possession, and he's been involved in a lot of um, nice build-up play. Uh, you know, Rawa have struggled I think for fluency in, in both the league and the ACL, but he's been handed his chance and he's done fairly well with it. So yeah, he's put himself in a, in a position to, to be a starter going forward. Scotty McIntyre, he's. It, it, 
is always an absolute pleasure talking to you, mate. We leave our conversations with you knowing a lot more than before we started them, mate. So uh, sayonara, uh, our friend, and um, <laughs> until we meet again. Speak to you soon. Scotty McIntyre, always good value talking football from, from Tokyo. Uh, Hey, Edge, we're going to talk Europe now. Um, it's been a bumper week and um, just love those mini matches on Optus because you, you know, you don't get to watch all of them, but you just skip through them and get to see all the highlights. But Dino, he's just sitting there, cock-a-hoop, happy. This is the English part of it, Dino, that he's uh, getting excited. So we're going to talk Europe. We're going to talk Champions League, Asian, Europe style, next on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. Yes, welcome back to Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport. Well, Europe. What a week it has been in Europe. It's uh, been quite uh, incredible, some of the results that we've been seeing. Uh, some of them expected, but some of them absolutely Totally unexpected. But before we get into it, I just want to talk about uh, our friends at Chemist Warehouse because did you know it can take up to three weeks before your flu shot begins to protect you, Dino? I didn't know that. Michael, did you know that? No, I didn't. Oh, well, now you I do. I do now. I'm up against the flu. Just this like season. the skin's the largest organ in. You've said that before, <laughs> once a month. <laughs> I'm up against the flu this season. Have I been to Anfield or mentioned I've been to? Bovril and a chicken poultry pie. Exactly. I'm up against the flu this season with a flu shot from Chemist Warehouse. It's quick, convenient, and it's affordable. Plus, you don't need to bring in a script. The prescription and administration are provided on site by a qualified health professional. This year, the quadrivalent strain is only $12.99 at Chemist Warehouse. Save journey time between the chemist and the GP. Simply book your appointment, pay online and turn up. Be confident. Arm yourself with a flu injection. The vaccination from Chemist Warehouse. Book early. Chemistwarehouse.com.au slash flu. Get it. Stay healthy. Dino, Europe, massive week. Well, Champions League, I mean, dominates. Uh, you know, it's... It's been quite a long month. I mean, most of March has been a Champions League and it's, uh, it's not been any different in this week. Uh, we've had a number of games over two two rounds, uh, well, four games. Uh, on the One on the Tuesday, which was Juventus, uh, Atletico Madrid and a Ronaldo hat-trick. Uh, mm. Unbelievable performer at every level. Um, no to... sledges at Atletico Madrid just quietly. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean... I, it was a, look. It was a surprising one because at two, at two two, um, sorry, yeah, two two, the game was in the balance, and then it's a it's a penalty, and it's a stupid foul. Yeah. He's he's, he's ran a long distance, mm. and they still haven't dealt with it. Pull him back, back, take a yellow somewhere else. But he charged in the box, and uh, the the finish was sublime. The penalty. And then, uh, you know, obviously we then had... Uh, Manchester City 7-0 winners over Schalke. And, and you know what? You know who I'm really happy for? Guess who I'm really happy for? Oh, Nigel Clough. Nigel Clough. Because Nigel Clough mm. coughed, uh, got coughed about 10. He did, so didn't he's, he? But, but, he's, but he's now in good company because there's quite a lot. He's in the cup so company with Schalke. Going, well, how about a Schalke going? He said, you know. Anyway, but Man- Manchester City, for me, have got to be the favourites. Uh, just on one, the, the way they're playing, the top of the Premier League. Uh, tend to aggregate. I mean, again, it's it's another German club that will go into the next one where, you know, Germany used to be a real powerhouse and, and even Spain to a lot of degree. And obviously with Real Madrid falling out, Barcelona obviously waving the flag, I'll we'll talk about in a second. But, you know, from, from, well, let's go to Barcelona, 5-1, Lionel Messi. What a lot of people don't know that this game, 
Well, it was, was nil-nil. Nil, uh, yeah. yeah, and it was in the, in the balance with yeah. about only 20-odd minutes yeah. to go, you know. Mm. So all of a sudden, it wasn't like it was a blowout. Mm. It was like in the balance of a 2-1 down. But if they were to get a goal... Yeah, three don't... weeks ago, Olympic Lyon beat uh, PSG in the league uh, mm. 3-1. So, and they've been a good side mm. this year. Yeah, they have been a good side. So that's a, that's a good result. But, but Messi, uh, but... obviously, um, two goals. And, and uh, Coutinho, P- PK, uh, Dembele, and um, a 5-1 win in the end. And... And then the one that's most probably not so much surprised us all because I thought this could be quite. Well, Liverpool away from home. I mean, I mean you would. They've, I, I they've didn't lost think... their last three games away in the Champions that's League. That's right, and after only a scoreless, uh, scoreless draw. Which was a good result in, in the, the first... sense mm. of there was no away goal. Mm, that that's made right. a big, big difference. It made a big difference. But and I didn't expect strike them... force. I think Sadio Mane seems to get the the fewest headlines, no, but um, he keeps player. on stepping up, doesn't he? Oh, his his goal. Well, the the ball from. Because he did it on the weekend um, at, at at Anfield yeah. um, when they were down against was it Crystal. Palace, yeah, played, yeah, and um, and and when you know there were some nerves fraying um that day, and then uh, and then the, you know the the the, the um, did the you brace. see Marnay's goal this morning? Yes, outstanding. Yes. Yeah. I mean to to turn, pivot, and then clip it. I mean sublime. Yeah. Um, and then I listened to talk about radio in England, and they said the great news about the performance was Liverpool had scored all the goals because it was an own goal, wasn't it? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> So that was a Matty Bowie goal, but uh, for me, uh, well, take us through the the, the qualification, the, the the teams that have got through to the. the all right, last so day. the teams that we're going through now. So Tottenham have obviously dispersed of Dortmund, four um, 0 long aggregate. Um, then we've got who else? Then we had Real Madrid have gone have gone out, and that's obviously put. Um, uh, Ajax through, so Ajax into the next round, so from Holland. Then you've got Porto that disposed of Roma. Uh, then we had Man United dispose of uh, Paris Saint-Germain. Juventus, we've already spoken about, go through. Manchester City go through. Barcelona and Liverpool, uh, last well, but not least. Well, there's some tasty draws there, isn't there? You'd have to say that there's going to be an All-England game. Who do you think... Who who would you like? I think Porto would be the the one you'd want to draw. Oh, I tell you what, uh, they're good. Porto at home, uh, I mean, it's a difficult place to go. But who else would you have? Ajax, Ajax are pretty. That that side looks a really good side. They were yeah. good at home and away. Well, there's, you know, based on the draw, there could be two England cl- English clubs playing. They could, time. yeah. Well, the draw's not until Friday 10 a.m. on yeah. Greenwich Mean Time, so we yeah. won't know that yet. But certainly next week's show, we'll we'll uh, we'll bring that. Do to you know, There yeah. was a round of championship on uh, on Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah. And um, not the greatest of games for the Australians involved. Right. Um, so we're moving past the FA Cup and the Premier League going well, straight to I Championship just, now. Well, I just I wanted to that. draw your attention okay. to those games yeah. if I could. And um, um, interestingly enough, Hull got beaten by Norwich and Aston Villa beat Nottingham Forest. Um, I don't want to steal your thunder. No, no. But the uh, it just marches on, doesn't it? Norwich. West Bromwich Albion won against Swansea after right. sacking to, their manager. Up who to fourth. In fourth they were they were in they went to fourth your mob derby county uh, holding nil. on holding on a sixth spot yeah battered them in in opportunities but just couldn't so finish. norwich leeds sheffield united west bromwich Albion, middlesbrough derby are the top six bristol city only one point out of the top six now aston villa after their um result against birmingham and we should talk about that 
Villa, Should Villa, we talk? What Villa, about the Villa are actually one of the in in informed teams. Oh, yeah, but I mean, what about the? I guess we're sort of burying the lead in, yeah, in this story, the really. Aren't we? Well, let's look. It's the Jack Grealish situation, um, and it goes back a long way. And know. then there was also the Arsenal incident as well. There was as well. But just talking about the Birmingham one, it, it, it's a cowardly act. Well, Edge, you 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 were as we were going to sleep, um, sent a, a message on our WhatsApp chat about uh, how you expected it to get fiery, but um, I don't think even yeah. you anticipated a well. A I mean, there was it. trouble. There was trouble before the game. There was trouble yeah. after the game. But, but there was trouble. Do you know? I mean, it's we've been to these games, mm. and um, they are look. I, I, I'm not, I'm not sort of blowing our own trumpet here, but Dean and I, we've seen a Manchester derby, derby. together. Yep. We've seen a North London derby together. Yep. Um, we've seen the Birmingham derby. And the one that's like just, you, you just could ignite the atmosphere with a with with two rocks really is the Birmingham one. It's just, look, it's out of control. Mm. It is the nastiest atmosphere I've ever experienced in my life. And I've, and I've experienced a few. Yeah, it is, it's pretty, it's pretty it is high, right up there. It yeah. is right up there with nastiness. So I'm not surprised if something like this happens. No. And, um, and I felt um, desperately sorry for the club, Birmingham City, because um, with all of the, the changes around stadiums, you know, they've they've got an army of security people there, but this bloke somehow got through. Yeah. And, and look, and even the, the, some of the guards when they scored the goal were knee and Grealish mm. as well. So like he, when he did score the win and got the last laugh, mm. they were still having a crack at him. So he was getting double doses. But look, it's 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 not just Birmingham or Villa. There's a lot of this goes on in England, and it's you know <clears throat> we've had some really dark days as we all know, and and it's it's not great. But but the same token, it fills stadiums. The atmosphere if, if people get on well. Just you know, well the atmosphere, the like, atmosphere through the TV electric. was uh, was amazing. You could, yeah. but look on on that just quickly. Norwich for me are up. They'll go up. They'll they'll finish in that top. I think Leeds most probably. It's going to be big against Sheffield this week. That's a massive game. That that could make or break either well break Sheffield at least because then that would push them onto a, like a five point. Little uh, rumour floating around town that Western United has done a deal with Leeds to be their first game. Mm, yeah, I saw that. Mm. Uh, okay. on yeah. just a rumour. And then to me, there's too many clubs. I mean, Derby in sixth can't be sitting there thinking comfortably. They've got teams, you know, back in 13th are only five point, uh, six points behind them. So it's two games. So look, mm. I don't think we can predict that. And I think at the back end of the uh, of the of the table, from a, a relegation point of view, I think Ipswich on 23 are gone. Bolton gone and actually in trouble financially. And then really, it's for me Rotherham, uh, Wigan, Reading. And Millwall on 37 mm. points, which is one point. There's four teams fighting. Yeah, for that's the last thing. Month. You know, last season Millwall, Rotherham, right Reading, Wigan. Oh yeah, amazing. What about the FA Cup? Well, Dan? the FA Cup. I mean, obviously that's always well. It was always magical. It's not most probably got the. I think the, the, the magic's starting to come back. I think it is, but again, it's it, it's it's a route forward to Europe as well. But mm. it's not most probably what it what it used to be, uh, Rob. And that's always you know that that history of you know. No. Your moral compass of when you started watching football, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but let me just get to the piece of it. Um, the quarterfinals so, are Watford at Crystal Palace. This is all on the Saturday, 16th mm-hmm. of March. Watford Palace, Swansea, Manchester City, Wolves against Man United, which I think will be a cracker, and mm-hmm. then Millwall against Brighton. Mm-hmm. So, predictions? Brighton made the semi finals last year. There. They're in the uh, gun to go through to the semi-finals this year. I don't think going down to the old, the new den's going to be too exciting, though, is it? <laughs> no, it's that's, not. That's but a... um, I'll, I'll back Brighton. 
Yeah. So you bet back in Brighton against Mills. I think he's a Matty Ryan. He's going to have one of those games. I'm, I'm back. Stop I'm back in Man United to beat Wolves. I know you can say well that, no, that season. No, I, I think Wolves um, will beat. Uh, okay. Will beat Man United. Um, <laughs> having <laughs> my vast experience. Man City will put. <laughs> Man City will put eight past Swansea. Dean, that's unnecessary. Well, they will. That's, be, what, that's what they norm. They, that's what they skill. do. You yeah. don't know. It's it's frightening the way they're playing. They're mm. unbelievable. Mm. And uh, the Watford Palace game will probably be the most competitive. That's going to be the close one. Um, well, it's a London derby, isn't it? Yeah. I think Watford. I think Watford. Uh, no, I'm, I'm going to go Palace. I'm going Palace uh, too because uh, I like Palace. No, I the Premier League. And of course, uh, we, we, you're all the, the bus driver's coaching, so we're yeah. happy for him to yeah. Yeah, boy to um, get a result. Well, there's not much in the Premier League this week because it's obviously a diluted yeah, round, yeah, but we'll yeah. just quickly have a look. Bournemouth, Newcastle, uh, 12 v 13, only three points gap. Uh, Burnley, Leicester. Uh, Leicester, obviously, uh, with Brendan Rodgers, we're looking to back that up and get a little bit further up. I think they do win. They can go to, to ninth. Um, and then Fulham, Liverpool. I think that's just very, very important. Fulham's down. Fulham are down. So I think Liverpool will go there and win, and they will then go back top, which again is a little bit of a mental uh, positive for them. And then Everton and Chelsea, 11 v 6. Chelsea really do need to win this game in hand because they leapfrog them, Man United and Arsenal, and go fourth. And then that makes the fourth, fifth, and sixth spot very, very tight. Seventh, third daylight. So that's not going to happen. So it's really fighting for those Champions League spots. I think this could be one of the best finishes to a season that we've had for a long time mm. in that respect. Mm. And did you realise Arsenal beat Manchester United last round in the Premier League? Yeah, right? too. I said yeah. this last week. After it's taken him four, four, nearly five years to sort of emerge from his shell, yeah. that now he's he's a gunner. He's, he'll be wearing his buddy's shirt in him and Francis Leach will be... Uh, um, be uh, just fetting him. They won't, you won't be able to get him off... Um, the, uh, yeah, won't. Off the tube, will you? Now, just just to finish the bottom for me, Huddersfield down, Fulham down, Cardiff still in it on mm. 28 points, but then there's Burnley 30, Southampton 30, mm. and I'll leave Brighton, Crystal Palace 33, and just leave Newcastle. One more win for Newcastle, and they're out of it. But then no. then it's going to go to the, down to the wire. All right. We'll stick around. Uh, stoppage time is next on Box to Box. And uh, we're going to have a special topic um, mm. in honour of Zinedine Zidane being reappointed uh, as coach. Coaches so coming back to clubs and, uh, and what happens when they return. Mm. That's all next on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage, moving and more. And this could be the Welcome back to Box to Box. It is stoppage time. Uh, the fourth official signals there are seven minutes fifteen. It's been a fun show tonight, gentlemen. Um, uh, do, you know, you've got a uh, a ladder that you want to go through. Yeah, um, before you do, however, yeah. um, I did uh, flag um, the you know the, well, the returning coach brigade because we haven't this, talked about Zinedine. Zidane. No, no, because it's our, it's all about our sting, isn't it? When the mm. intro to our segments, when it's like, can you believe it? Yes, exactly. Can you believe it? Martin Tyler. Zinedine Zidane is back mm. at Real Madrid. But it, it but it sort of... Uh, it you were going on about uh, Jose Mourinho going there. Yeah, week. yeah. I, I, well, it seemed to... to you um, sort of to, were going on as if you knew something. Yeah, well, I'd, um, yeah, I had my, 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 my sources um, in Madrid were, um, were feeding me back through uh, <laughs> some information. Some garbage. Them. 
<laughs> yeah, they clearly were. But uh, look, doesn't that have a ripple effect though? Because the talk does, was yeah. that um, that Zidane might be in the frame for Manchester United. Um, that Maurizio Pochettino might be uh, moving over to Spain. So that means Olegana Solskjaer is more likely to be appointed. At well, I think he yeah. will. He'd I mean, I think from anyway, Zinedine's position that when he took over. He had an unbelievable team at his disposal, mm, right. and what he the was, and what he was really good at. Was it wasn't the original Galacticos, no, no, but, but it, it was. But he similar. was. It was one of the best. Well, it was the best sign in the world. Well, his press conference. Before you ask me questions, let me just say we will we will rebuild this squad. Mm, mm, in other mm. words, he's telegraphing uh, the checkbooks coming out. Yeah, mm, but mm. what I'm saying is, it's a different thing having a great team and it plays and you just man manage mm. to actually having to coach them and do all of that. And we haven't really most probably seen that at close quarters that he's had to go and work a little bit harder so that will be a test for him but three titles yeah but what I'm saying is it's now a rebuild Let's see how you go on your rebuild mm. rebuilds are a lot different to that absolutely though depending um, on who you can bring in the door yeah, yeah. so so he's clearly come back with um you know with uh, a lot of power yeah what, what a position well, to that go club's back always had a star it's always had a global star running the show mm-hmm. when he was playing it was him yeah in recent times it's been Ronaldo so who will it be mm. in the new era of Zidane's coaching? Who, oh, who's he going to go I've heard with? deals that they're wanting to make. Well, I'm hearing Bale to go back to Tottenham hmm. plus 50 million and um, Ericsson goes the other way. Yeah, but, but is Ericsson a big enough name? No. I'm talking, He's a good enough player. I mean, do they, what about uh, players like Neymar and Mbappe um, at, at PSG? How long are they going to hang be, around there? It'd be Mbappe would be the go. You wouldn't go Neymar. For me, Neymar's selfish. It's about Neymar. It's funny you talk and to the people in. They talk to people in Paris who go every week. They reckon Neymar is the best player mm. that the club's got, even with Mbappe's form. But he's a sook and a diver. He's a we sook and a diver, and uh, and he's not what you would call robust. He goes no. down a lot. Yeah. Mm. So we talked about Zinedine going back, but there has been others. Mm. Uh, obviously, Chelsea. Uh, Mr. Mourinho's been there on Twice. a special one. Couple of times. I heard that um, that grab. I don't know where I heard it during the week, but you don't hear the special one very one. I am the special one. You know, he, and the way he set that line up was beautiful. We have to play it one day. You know, when you hear all that stuff, though, um, what he's doing, um, mm. where he learnt all that, mm. where he learnt to be like that, mm. was from Bobby Robson. Yeah. When you watch the documentary about Bobby, uh, Bobby so Robson and the time Mourinho spent with him, it was a long period of time. He was a baby-faced kid then. Really. Yeah, but he learned all those tricks about oh, the media and positioning. He learned everything off Bobby because Bobby was like that as well. Yeah, Bobby. Bobby's a, a wonderful campaigner and brilliant. Now, we're going to turn the subject. So anyway, well, what we'll do, we'll do some research next week on managers that have been back to the club. There was one, yeah, like Harry Redknapp. So Harry Redknapp did Portsmouth, yeah, as we talked about. We haven't had one in the A-League, have we? We have not had one I don't think we have. A few players. The bloke we had on tonight, Scotty Jamison, he's been at five clubs. Yeah, but is is there any player that's been at one? They did five different clubs. Yeah, yeah, going back to the club that they've been. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so what we've done with the A-League, you know, we do a predictor. This is our predictions from the start of the year. So where we finish, from one to ten, this is the last time we'll do this before the final episode yeah, so when the, the update, actual, so the what, update is but bearing in mind that there, there was a, a, there's a number of other tipping uh, frame there is. Works oh, yeah, going there is through. there's dip- the championship there's the premier league, league there's yeah. the weekly yeah, tips where we, as well yeah, yeah. so, so like this the, one here for the sake of uh, of um, avoiding confusion is our 
pre-season pre-season tips. prediction yeah. where everyone would finish from one to ten mm. so edge went sydney was first and wellington was last you went melbourne victory first wellington phoenix last mm. i went sydney fc and wellington last so how bad are we with wellington <laughs> but anyway the points on the doors rob's pulling uh, the anchor at the moment <laughs> on eight he's got some interesting predictions that if certain things just slightly change it can change very quickly uh, edge is in 14 spots and again he's in the same position as you are Rob because you're not a million miles away mm. just those positions of one place from somewhere else the reason that gets um, Edge on 14 and the reason I'm on 18 is only because Western Sydney Wanderers and Brisbane Raw are 8th and 9th and they're worth 5 each now I've mm. only got one other club that can help me get a bit more of a result and that will be the Newcastle Jets. So oh, no wonder you've been... That's why I made, keep going. It's, you've been <laughs> like a jockey just walking it, I need a few turning its rump into minced meat it. with the persuader. So, I was on the phone to Ernie and to Laurie saying, listen, any chance you just get that winning run happening because of, I reckon we can close this off. So that's what we're doing. We'll do a championship or sorry, the Premier League next, next week. Give everyone an update. So scores on the doors, 18, 14, 8. So, so when I come flying home, this, this is sort of like the Melbourne Cup, remember. You don't get the trophy to hang on the wall or the picture to hang on the wall when you go around the uh, the first lap of, of the famous Flemington race course, do you? Um, all right, well, gentlemen, uh, that is uh, stoppage time. That is box to box. Uh, I think Nigel's got something. Can you play it, Nigel? We've got time left. Again, don't, please don't call me arrogant because what I'm saying is true. I'm European champion, so I'm not one of... Of the bottle. I'm a, I think I'm a special one. A special one. <laughs> I love it. All right, gentlemen. Uh, good show, boys. Have a good week. Um, join us next week, ladies and gentlemen. Where we, we go, go to, from one end of the pitch to the other on Box the Box. In the world game.